Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. We have a big episode planned for you guys tonight. We are moving on to the NFC South to review for this season. And joining us to help out with this review is our fellow Buccaneers fan, Derek Hool. Derek, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to kind of be here and and give some input on how I think this uh, this season is going to go for the NFC South. Um, like Adam said, I, I am a little bit of a Buccaneers fan. I kind of followed Brady down there um, when he when he departed New England. Um, New England still is kind of number one in my heart, but um, but I can't help but but root for Brady and, and his success. I hope he can just win as much as he can and, and play as much good football as he can in these last you know twilight years of his career. Um, although we could have called this twilight maybe five, six years ago, but, um, but I was a, a Buccaneers season ticket holder the last two years. Um, so I really enjoyed the opportunity to, to go down and see a couple games and also be able to have tickets for, for friends who wanted to go down for this weekend or that weekend. Um, it was just a really great way to be able to, to get down and see him a few last times. Cause you never know when the last time you'll be able to see him is. Yeah. I'm right there with you on that, man. I mean, I like, I'm 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 always going to be a Patriots fan, and when they when they face off against each other, I'm I'm it's Patriots all the way. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's Tom Brady, and we like we grew up with this guy, and yeah, we were Patriots fans, but we also watched this guy win us six championships. So it's it's great <laughs> to just see him do well, and I root for both of them. I root for both of them to do well. Obviously, it. When it comes down to it, it's Patriots, but you know, uh, go Pats, but I'm pulling for Brady too. And I hope yeah. this age 45 season is a big one for him because yeah, this absolutely. is, this is what I've been waiting for his entire career. He's wanted to play till through age 45. Here we go. Um, but we're going to get right into it. And so we're going to preview the NFC North. I'm going to give a little summary on everything that's happened this off season from la- from the end of the, from the end of the season until now. And we'll go around the table and we'll we'll talk about how these teams stack up. So Buccaneers, right off the bat, Tom Brady retired, then unretired after about two months. It was really really quick turnaround. He re- he retired, then unretired, came right back out. They also re-signed Leonard Fournette, their running back. I believe they got a kid in the draft as well to pl- to uh, play the running back position as well. They signed ru- uh, wide receiver Russell Gage to replace Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski retired. Uh, they replaced pieces on the offensive line that they lost. Both guards they lost. They were able to replace them through the draft and through trades. And they also they also got some pieces on the defensive line, um, namely Akeem Hicks. They also signed Logan Ryan, who is a former Patriot. Very good piece to that secondary that they added. Then the Panthers, among other big moves, recently just got – Baker Mayfield, that's a team that really needed a quarterback, and now they have him. The Saints, they re-signed Jameis Winston. It looks like they're committed to him, and they're going to get they, – they're hopefully getting Michael Thomas back. And then there's also Chris Olave through the draft they got, and they got an offensive tackle. They also signed – it was Emmanuel – no, 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 Jarvis Landry. Yeah, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. And so moving on to the Falcons – some of the biggest moves they made. So they, they drafted wide receiver uh, Drake London. 
the biggest thing that happened to them was that they they traded away and it was it was mainly because of their involvement in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and he wanted to get he wanted to get out of there and they said you know what why don't we just pull the plug let's hit the reset button they traded away um uh, I'm really blanking on his name Matt uh, Ryan Matt Matt Ryan uh it's such a basic name too but that's kind of your basic summary on, on all of the all of these teams in the division, what happened with them. But I'll start with you, Derek. Uh, where where do you see these teams all stacking up against each other in this upcoming season? Yeah, so I'm going to start off with a team I think that improved most, um, not only in the division, but among the best, most biggest leaps of any team in the league is the New Orleans Saints. Um, I look at what they did, and and you got to flash back to their first month of the season last year. They were playing some really good football. Uh, Jameis Winston, knock on wood, was playing mistake-free uh, for the most part football. He looked the part of everything you could have hoped for after that eye surgery when he said that he was having trouble seeing the previous few years in Tampa. Um, I think they got better all along the defense at all three levels, um, but especially in their secondary. Uh, they added a couple of safeties, Tyran Matthew, of course, who's just such a versatile player, uh, Marcus May, who could be a kind of a, a superstar waiting to, to break out after he played on a really bad Jets team for the last four years. Um, and then additionally, a kind of an upside guy, Justin Evans, who was kind of a promising young defensive back uh, in Tampa before suffering some injuries and, and spending you know, a couple of years out of the league. Um, well, he kind of recovered and, and you hope to see a guy like that make a, a good uh, spring from where he left off in Tampa a few years ago before he, the injuries hit. Um, and I think you can't underestimate some of the, the, the revamping of the wide receiver room. Um, you know, obviously all you can hope for from Michael Thomas is that he plays like even half of himself from a few years ago after he gets back from that rough ankle injury. Um, they, they took a high pick, like you mentioned, Chris Olave. Um, he was probably my favorite receiver in this draft, just a really polished route runner. And can really fly. I'm excited to see what he can do in that offense. Um, and I don't think we can underestimate Jarvis Landry. In fact, I, I, you know, in the whole division, I think he's probably one of the more underrated sleepers you'll see in, you know, in fantasy football. Um, you know, last year he struggled with that knee strain, but you know, up until that point, he'd missed one game in his entire career, and it was due to COVID. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with a with a pretty talented quarterback who kind of gets himself in trouble with some you know, bad mistakes and whatnot, but that'll be an exciting team. Um, I like them to, to give the Bucks a real good run for their money. I, you know, haven't pegged out right now. It's about a 10 or an 11 win team this season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but then we'll, then we'll move down to the, the Buccaneers and what a roller coaster for that team this year. Uh, Brady from, from, it was pretty apparent. It seemed at least to me that he was walking away after that, that playoff run. Um, and whether it be him wanting to, to get out of there and, in San Francisco, maybe Miami. Um, but at the end of the day, he kind of realized that maybe that wasn't realistic. So he, he turned around and was welcomed back by Tampa Bay as he should have been. Um, he kind of was been the, the lifeline of their franchise for the last few years after some rough history. Uh, but, you know, Russell Gage, I think, will be a, a great addition to that offense. And they added some more versatile pieces on their defense. Um, Akeem Hicks next to Vita Vea is going to really stress some offensive lines and wreak havoc on backfields this year. Um, and on defense, like you mentioned, Logan Ryan, he, you know, Jordan Whitehead was a really great player who ended up bolting for the Jets and, and got, you know, he paid what he's worth, a really great player. 
kind of unspoken uh, on that defense that has a lot of stars. Uh, but I'm excited to see Logan Ryan kind of be that veteran presence back there. Um, and what can you say about Tom Brady? He's he's Tom. He'll be as good as he was at 25 and as good as he was at 35 and you're uh, 45, you, you, you hope at least. Uh, he hasn't really shown any decrease, and you could argue he's even gotten better in these last few years. Maybe that different offensive scheme opens it up a little. Um, we'll talk about the Panthers next. For me, at least, I think this is an up-and-coming team that might not be right there and might not be ready to go, but you look all across that defense, and there's some stars. Um, J.C. Horn's coming off a, a tough injury, but he's a really good defensive back. Jeremy Chin, versatile defender. He can do a lot of things, and uh, a good thumper. He'll he'll you know knock the wind out of some guys this year for sure. Um, Shaq Thompson's a great defensive player. Uh, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. They're just they're just really deep and young on defense. They're they're fast, and I think that's going to be their calling. Um, obviously on offense, the the Baker Mayfield situation is very newsworthy. Um, he's kind of he's going to come in and, and compete and ultimately be their starting quarterback in September. They can talk about a competition all they want, but. Uh, they're not. They're not bringing him in to to be a backup and and whatnot. Um, you know, Darnold will will be there, and you know, Malik Willis too is a a great player who we'll see how how he turns into a few years. But uh, I'm sorry, it's not. It's uh, Matt Corral there, correct? It's Matt Corral's in in Carolina, so it's not Willis. But uh, yeah, but but Corral again. He was a great player in the SEC. I think he's got a future in the league, just not right now with these. It's kind of going to be these two guys on a one-year deal to see who can figure it out. But um, they added Ikeem Uwenu, who's a really good uh, offensive lineman out of NC State. I think he'll be a, a star for years to come. Uh, but overall, I think it's an up-and-coming team, probably a, a six- or seven-win team, maybe more if their defense can keep them in some games. Um, but I think they're they're on the rise for sure. And then you got the Falcons, who are kind of – out of it, I think, before the season even starts. And they kind of, like you had mentioned, they they realized it's time to hit the reset button with Matt Ryan. He had a great run. They had some really good years. Um, but they're probably you know far away from competing with him still on the roster. So they kind of did him a solid and said, you know, this is a good situation at Indy. We'll send you there for a couple of picks in the next couple of years. Um, but like you mentioned, their their skill position group is, is doing pretty well uh, with, with Drake London. And, and Kyle Pitts, I think those two guys are going to be great uh, pass catchers for years to come and maybe in a year or, or more, depending on how the Calvin Rich, Ridley situation plays out. They'll have a really good uh, good group of pass catchers for whoever that next quarterback may be, whether it's Desmond Ritter or, or someone who I think they'll probably have to take at the top of the draft next year. Um, I think they got a, a rough season incoming that's kind of uh, encapsulated by them bringing in Corderell Patterson for another year, kind of a, an older guy who – might put some you know fans in the seats and bring a little bit of excitement to the team, but really just not a piece you want to be investing too heavily in and relying on given his age and kind of uh, in all other factors. So I think they're in for a, a rough season, like I said, four, maybe five wins, but uh, they'll be picking in the top five next year. All right, there you have it. So Derek has the Saints taking that division. So CJ, what are your thoughts? on this division how do they all stack up what do you think now the nfc south it, you can put it succinctly as this three good teams and the atlanta falcons now i want to talk about i mean i i mean you know derek i respect your opinion but i got i disagree with a little bit i still think 
This is Tampa's division to lose. You know, Brady's back. You have Leonard Fournette with the rookie Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and uh, and that receiver they grabbed, uh, Russell Gage, right? Yeah. Not to mention Scotty Miller's coming back. Rashad Perriman's finally decent. And uh, not to mention, you know, Gronk's not there anymore. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. But still, you have Cameron Bray, and you just drafted Kate Otten. The cupboard's not exactly bare at tight end. O-line, you lost both your guards. Doesn't matter. Your O-line's still in good shape. And you have Akeem Hicks of Vita Vea, who will just eat through the offensive line. Not to mention guys like Joe Tryon Shoenka, who look amazing, at least from a from a potential standpoint next season. And, of course, you have linebackers Shaq Barrett, Tevin White, Levante David, and you're adding Logan Ryan to a very dangerous secondary, including guys like Antoine Winfield and Jamel Dean. This is still a scary team, and I still think it's their division to lose, but I do think the Saints gave them a run for their money because I don't know why. When you talk about Brady in Miami, Miami in Miami especially, it was always like his kryptonite. Now Miami's basically the Saints, basically. You know, it's the Saints now. And Jameis, I want to like him, and for the most part, I do. At least Miami, but, they were able to beat at home, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I, I just I don't understand how New Orleans does it. But, I mean, sure, maybe you could say, oh, they're going to beat Tampa twice, but can they beat everyone else? You know, can they? Because, well, you know, Tampa, at bare minimum, is going to get like 11 wins. And for the Saints, you can make a case that that may or may not be their ceiling. Especially now, I want to, like I said, I was talking about Jameis for a second. I want to like him. And like I said, for the most part, I do like him. And he was playing some actually, for once, good football in New Orleans before he got hurt. And then, you know, we got to see why Taysom Hill's overrated. But that's neither here nor there. But another thing for the Saints is that they might start the season out a little sluggish because we don't know if they're even going to have Michael Thomas Heck, we don't even know if they're going to have Alvin Kamara. Because word on the street is that he might be facing a suspension. But, yeah. but Michael Thomas shouldn't hurt you too much because not only do you have you re-signed Jarvis Landry, you also have Chris Olave, you know, who you drafted, what was it, 11th overall? Mm-hmm. So, so like I said, you know, you know, you're not hurting. But the defense, the defense for me is that's where they make their hay. Because think about this. Think about this, right? Cameron Jordan... You know, Marcus Davenport, who's starting to turn the corner. You got Demario Davis, the eternally underrated Zach Bond. And you have guys like a PJ Williams, Marshawn Lattimore, and the two new safeties, Tram Matthew and Marcus May. And everyone's favorite, CJ Gardner Johnson. Totally uncontroversial. And, but the Panthers, the Panthers interest me because just on the offense, just look at the offense. They have the pieces. Baker Mayfield shown flashes of, dare I say, competence. And, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty good for, like, the five games he plays a year now. But I just – I feel like this entire offense, we all know, goes through Christian McCaffrey. And if he stays healthy, they could probably be a 500 team. But that's still a big if. Not to mention, you know, wide receiver guys like Anderson, you know, Robbie Anderson, you got DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall Jr., not terrible. And I'm still waiting to see if tight end Tommy Tremble will pan out. The O-line's all right. Defense, all right. 
But the Panthers, like, don't be shocked if maybe they go on a run. I don't see them making a playoffs, but I wouldn't count it out either. And then there's the Falcons. Yep. Oh, boy. Remember how I said, oh, the cupboard's not bare for these teams. Yeah, well, guess what, Falcons? You, 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 you got nothing, basically. Your quarterback is Marcus Mariota, and your second stringer is probably going to be Desmond Ritter, who I was not high on coming out of the draft. And thankfully, he was not, in fact, a first-round pick. Cordero Patterson should not be a running back one. He just shouldn't. I like him. As a Pats fan, I respect him, you know, because we started him using as a weapon. Not saying the Falcons have copied us, but they totally did. And, you know, you look at guys like Drake London you drafted. That's cool. And you also have uh, Auden Tate, Brian Edwards, Olamide Zacchaeus. Who? You literally have Drake London and and a bunch of guys you got at, at Walmart. I mean, then you got tight end Kyle Pitts. He's pretty good. But I'll be off chance that London and Pitts are having down games. Who's going to make the play for you? I'll tell you who. Nobody. Uh, you know, you, you got your O-line. That's decent. And your defense, aside from Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, and A.J. Terrell, there's not much to like. I mean, maybe Casey Hayward could turn back the clock. Maybe Rashawn Evans can live up to his first-round billing. Those are big maybes. The Falcons, in my eyes, just keep your eyes on the prize, and that is uh, Bryce Young in next year's draft. Yeah, definitely agree. Hmm. So, yeah. I, so like I said, just want to recap real quick. I think – I'm not counting out the Saints, but I'm leaning toward Tampa – it's Tampa's division to lose, and they very well could lose it if the stars align for the Saints. Panthers are, but third and fourth place, Panthers and Falcons. This we know for a fact. Yeah, that, I mean that pretty much sums it up pretty well. But um, I, I my, right off the bat, my pick for the division is going to be probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I, I really like what the Saints have done. That was a team that I really, at the, I'll admit, when the offseason started, I was, I counted them out for next year to be in the playoffs in any capacity. I thought, you know, this team, they lost a lot of pieces. They've already, they're already going to lose Taron Armstead, their tackle, but they did replace him. And they, but like, it's, it's Tom Brady. And the team is still kind of loaded. Like it may not, it may have taken a half step back after losing Antonio Brown, but they got Russell Gage back in in return, who's going to, to an extent, replace that replace that um, uh, re- replace that production, and you still have, despite re- despite Gronkowski retiring, you still have Cameron Brait. So and like you like you said, CJ, they they got a guy in the, they got a kid in the draft, so. I just, I like, and they also brought that defense looks like it's improved. Just that's my pick for the division, the Buccaneers. And it's pretty clear. And especially Tom Brady, uh, just Tom Brady alone playing is a threat, but him playing with some sort of motivation to him is dangerous and lethal. And here he's going into his age 45 season, the season that he's been dying to play through. He's been saying it for years. He wants to play through his age four, age 45 season. He's not playing till that age 45 season just to be an, be okay. He wants to be elite. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to win league MVP. He wants to do all of that. And when he has the tools around him to do that, there's little that's going to stop him from accomplishing that. And I'll tell you one thing. 
that that thing that's going to to stop him from accomplishing it is not going to start with Jameis Winston at quarterback as much as he could have a career year. I like Jameis Winston this upcoming year, but I don't see him supplanting Tom Brady as the division as the division uh, winner uh, in in this league. And I I see that that's also that might be my Super Bowl pick. The Buccaneers. I really Ooh. do like them a lot this year. We'll yeah. that we'll see. We'll we'll get we'll fight that battle when we get there. But uh, looking at the other teams, like I said, the Saints. They've done a lot of good things. Like don't look now, but their wide receiver core is like kind of loaded. And if if everyone pans out, Michael Thomas goes back to his elite status. Jarvis Landry. You have Chris Chris Olave. It's a pretty good team. And if Kamara doesn't get suspended after he was arrested at, during the Pro Bowl. Um, that, that's a team that I could see making a run. They could make the playoffs. Um, the Panthers are a team that does look very underrated now. They've always been that team that felt like they were a quarterback away from being truly competitive. And they might have that guy now. Now, can Baker Mayfield take them like over the hump to make them a contending team? Probably not. I could be wrong. But that's it's a team that I do like, and um, Baker and Mayfield has put up pretty solid statistics, even in his down year this past year with the Browns, and he was playing through injuries. So give him now, give him another competent team with a better wide receiving core. By the way, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson with Rashard Higgins as well. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. I just don't know. I just don't know if they'll be able to get past uh, the Saints. Or the Buccaneers. Now the Falcons, I, I mean, I said it right right when we kicked off this segment. They're just hitting the reset button. There's not much else to it. They have some players to, they have some players on that team to put asses in seats. They have Drake London, who's who I really like. They have Kyle Pitts, who, who I really like. Cordero Patterson is going to please some fantasy fantasy football managers. But that's really all they're trying to do. Just keep people in seats and you know, show that they have a young uh, up-and-coming roster, but they're playing for a few years down the road. Like you said, CJ, Bryce Young, they're tanking. They're going for they're, – they're playing for the future. They're not playing for now. And if Desmond Ritter pans out, then okay, all right, we'll see what happens. Or if, uh, let's say, Mar- Mr. Uh, – uh, I'm forgetting his name. Marcus, uh, Marcus Mariota decides he can play football again. Yeah, but – I mean, they're not, there's just too much competition in this division. So, yeah, that's my basic summary. Just basic take on this whole division. Uh, Buccaneers are my clear favorite. Saints can make the playoffs. Uh, Panthers have potential. Falcons, eh. Look at them a few years down the road. Well, then we'll talk. But yeah. yeah. So, so for me, kind of, I'll just kind of go into why I have some qualms. Uh, I have no doubts that come playoff time, the Buccaneers will be a, a legitimate threat for uh, not only the NFC Championship but for the Super Bowl. But their their schedule is a tough one. Uh, they they play Dallas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Baltimore, Cincinnati, the Saints twice, the Chiefs, the Packers. It's just a little bit of a gauntlet. Not to mention they got to go to Germany midway through the season. Or a game in Frankfurt, uh, but it's just it's it's it could be a, a tough regular season for a slightly aging team, um, but I have no doubts about them come come playoff time and uh, and with Kamara, I think the suspension is definitely possible, um, and I think it will come sometime. I'm just 
not convinced it'll be this season. I think they're going to let the legal process unfold. Um, he doesn't have a hearing until August. So I wouldn't be shocked if that kind of resolves itself in the court system and then the NFL steps in after. So he could be looking at that suspension possibly next year. Um, but that's that's to be seen, I guess. So I just I, I do want to look at this schedule and just sort of uh, – sort of uh, dissected a little bit and we can go through, do you guys want to go through these, through these games and, and kind of determine whether or not they win or lose these games? Wait, for which team, Tampa or New Orleans? For, for, for Tampa. Yeah, All right, sure. Go through New Orleans if we really want to. Um, but right, that, sure, that is an ahead. interesting argument because they, they do have, they do face some competition, some good competition. Uh, but week one is the Dallas Cowboys. So how do we feel about, how do you how do we feel about that team? I think that game Tampa could be a clears. What's that? Yeah, I have a toss up. I think that game could go either way. I think Tampa Bay could get by, but I, I think Dallas is still a good football team. But I'll give that to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm I'm going with Tampa. I'm not really thrilled with like how the Cowboys are right now. Yeah, they're a good team. I like them. But I just think there's there's Dak Prescott in the Cowboys, and then there's Tom Brady in the Buccaneers. That that's and also the the Cowboys did give them a run for their money in opening week la, uh, on opening day, like you know la, uh, last year, and they had a pretty good team. Now they kind of lost some pieces, so you have to really determine like are the are the Cowboys even as good as they were last year? So that's something yeah. I look at. Hmm. Definitely uh, plausible. Going into D, going into week two, they now have their division rival, the New Orleans Saints, who have given the Buccaneers all types, all kinds of hell, ever since Tom Brady has come has joined that team. Um, this is a tough one. It's impossible to predict because every time you think that the Buccaneers are going to win this game, the Saints steal it away from them, and it's not particularly close either. Yeah, so, I have the Saints. Yeah. I have the Saints in week two. Tig's always Brady a few weeks to really get ticking. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give that to the Saints. You yeah. know, I'll have to as well. Yeah, that's going to be. Oh, I, I'm fighting the urge to pick the box. Wait, hold on. Is it in New Orleans or Tampa? Actually, it really doesn't matter. It's not saying where it. Um, so I, I'm looking at it through through Google. Let me let me. I'm not sure. Uh, for that first game, does it say Dallas on top or on bottom? Because the home team is probably whatever Dallas is. So Dallas, Dallas is, is on bottom. Is on bottom and how? Ha- okay, so the home team. So, so the bottom team is home. So whoever's bottom team there on that week two is probably the home team. Okay, so then the Buccaneers are starting on a road trip because the Sa- oh. the Saints are on the bottom here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that. that now. So then, yeah that that might be a that might be a Saints win. And mm-hmm. uh, Jameis Winston shows yet again that he can that he can hang with Tom Brady for a game. Uh, next game is the Green Bay Packers, and they're hosting the Packers. I have to go with I have to go with Tampa Bay here. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I'll go with Tampa Bay only because I think that if they lost to the the Saints the week before, I don't see Brady losing two in a row this early in the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Packers are looking a lot less scary, especially without Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith. So put me down for Tampa. And on top of that, they're going the Packers are going to visit the Buccaneers. And the Packers hmm. aren't as good of a football team as on uh, away as they are uh on the in the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. So I think so they start the season two and one. Then they have the Chiefs, and they're hosting the Chiefs. 
I might have to go Tampa again. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah, I'm going to go KC here. Um, I, I think uh, it's reasonable to expect some regression from the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to win their division, um, but they're still a, a deadly team. Anytime you roll Patrick Mahomes out as your quarterback, uh, you're going to have a fighting shot. I think they brought in some pieces who will be able to recreate some of what they had in Tyreek Hill. Um, obviously, you can't replicate him one for one, but they brought guys who do different things. I'm excited to see what MVS, Juju, and, and Sky Moore do in that offense. See, I like what they did on the defensive side of the ball, and I think their defense has improved from last year. Um, however, on the offensive side of the ball, they have taken a bit of a step back. How far, how much of a step back will will de- determine on what Patrick Mahomes can do with the new pieces that he has, this new-look offense? It's going to be more of a balanced team, but they're not going to be the astronomical offense that they have been in years past. Um, I think I might still take the Buccaneers. The Chiefs are visiting – so the Buccaneers have home field advantage going for them, and they've now and they've now beaten the. They're go. They're coming off a couple of years ago, that Super Bowl victory against the Chiefs when it was actually a home Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. I think they're going to ride out that momentum as well, uh, because a lot of this team is still from. A lot of this Buccaneers team was from that year, so they kind of have that going for them, the mm. momentum there. Um, so going on uh, to the next week. This is, I believe we're on week five. So here we, we have them. I have them three and one. And Derek, you have them three and uh, two and two. I have them at two and two at this point. Yep. Yep. And CJ has them three and one as well, right? Yeah. All right. So Falcons. I think we can all put a dub on here. Yep. yep. We don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> the Falcons are a team that exists and nothing more. Yep. They're hitting the reset button. That's uh. That's four. That's Four and one for me, three and two for you guys. Wait, right. no, 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 I'm four and one. Yeah, yeah, four. You're four. You're still four and one. You two are four and one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's three records. I'm trying to keep track of. <laughs> I'll All keep right. track of mine. How's that? We'll do it at the end. Damn. All right, awesome. Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers and Steelers. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be Buccaneers, but the Steelers I think are going to be slightly better than people are giving them credit for. However. The Buccaneers are just that juggernaut team, man. Uh, so I have a, I have them five and one. Uh, Buccaneers, Panthers. I can't see the Buccaneers as much as the Panthers might have improved this year. I can't see the Buccaneers losing to them this I can't uh, next either. season. So yeah, so I don't I don't disagree with the Buccaneers. Like I said, are a good team, but um, I, I'm going to have to take the Panthers here for one of them. This Panthers defense reminds me a lot of that same Washington defense that just kind of stifled the Buccaneers last year and hit them in the mouth, almost like a little bit of a midseason lull. I'm um, not trying to be too pessimistic, but I just think I think the Panthers have the defense to kind of squash the squash the Bucks for a little bit. We'll see. Yeah. Um. All right. We're, let's let's try to get let's try to get through the, the rest of the schedule quickly because we are yep. getting a little bit up there in time. So we had uh, all right. So here we are. We're at Panthers. All right, Ravens. Win or lose? Win. I have a loss. Ravens are my Super Bowl champion this year. I ha- all right. I have a win. Um, all right, Rams. Derek, you made a fan in Justin Tucker. By the way, I want you to know that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Tuck is he, Tuck is one of our other co-hosts, and he's he's probably jumping for joy right now for your pick. Um, so then they have the Rams. This is this is a game that I have a loss for. So they, I for me, I had them. Yeah, 
So they're they're fir- that's their first win for their their first loss for me since the Saints on September 18th. So they so that's two losses for them. I'll have to count yeah. up the wins at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a win for the Buccaneers. I think uh, I think they they'll they'll finally turn their corner on the Rams this year. I really hope so, but they've been that te- that's another team that's much matched up really well against them, and it took it took it, it did t- like oh. I have the Rams again, and maybe they, maybe the Buccaneers break it in the playoffs. But for a regular season game, that's tough, man. Yeah, um, I, I'm leaning toward Rams. The all right, so Buccaneers, Seahawks. I have Buccaneers. Yep, that's, that's a yeah. win in Germany. But I got the Buccaneers. That's in that's in in Germany. Yeah, uh, Browns, Buccaneers. The Browns are hosting, but it's going to depend on whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to be on the team. At this point, yeah, I have the or, Buccaneers or at any point. I have yeah. the Buccaneers there. I I, I'm still... not expecting Watson to even play this season. I'm I am going with Tampa. Even yeah, see, even if but even if Deshaun Watson does play, I think I'm going. I think I'm going with the Bucs. They because you know quarterbacks in their first years, especially in the first half of the season, it's tough. Um, I have the Buccaneers. All right, Saints. Now the Buccaneers are hosting. This is the point have, where the Saints break it. Yep, I have a win here. I yeah, I have a win. Now we're getting the Buccaneer, the Buccaneers and the 49ers. We are, the 49ers yeah, are I hosting. Think Bucks win too. I have so the I, Niners here. I think the Niners are gonna be come out blazing this year. I think uh I think Jimmy G is a serviceable quarterback, but I'm excited to see what Kyle Shanahan can do with the skill set of Trey Lance. Yep. Trey Lance, Trey Lance is going to be interesting. He's going to be th- – this is going to be a wild card for me because I'm not sure how Trey Lance will be. Um, mm. But we'll see We'll see with that one. I think I'm going to pick the Buccaneers for now because I think even if Trey Lance can play, uh, it's still – it's Tom Brady who's on a mission at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, now here we have Bengals Buccaneers. Buccaneers are hosting. I'm going to pick – I'm going to pick – the Buccaneers on this one, and the the Bengals may be super uh, defending champs, or it, well, depend de- defending conference champs, but like teams that lose the Super Bowl aren't quite the same the year after. And on yep. top of that, I know Burrow didn't have much of an offensive line to work behind, but he still threw a lot of picks. And what Tom Brady is best at is making te- making teams pay for turnovers. And the Buccaneers are just going to eat them alive in that sense. And the Bel- Bengals might be able to keep it close. But Yeah, I hear you. I just want to say real quick, it's going to be a dogfight offensively, but I like Tampa's defense more than I do Bengals and you know, defense wins, so I'll so I'm going with Tampa. Yeah, I'm going with Tampa Bay. You had mentioned the, this kind of the Super Bowl hangover effect. Um, just a quick stat so we can keep moving. But only five quarterbacks have ever lost in a Super Bowl and then thereafter returned to play in another Super Bowl. So the odds are already stacked against Joe Burrow and this Bengals team. Um, I'm, I, I'm pulling for the kid. I think he's a, a fighter. I'd like to see him succeed. But the odds are stacked against him. It's, it's a really elite group who have lost and then returned to the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Uh, Buccaneers, Cardinals. What do you guys think? D hops back at this point, but I'm still going to go with the Buccaneers. But I, I'd watch out for the Cardinals to to be a good team this year. 
Wait, Adam, what week are we in? Uh, this is, I don't know which week, but it's December 25th, and there's one, two, three right. games left in the season. This All is right. the third You'll, to last season. I, I have to go with Tampa because maybe maybe it's just me being cynical, but at this point in the season, uh, the Kingsbury-led team is already unraveling. So yep. I got to go I with agree. Tampa. Yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. The Cardinals are all I have the, the past couple of years they've been pretty formidable, but at the end of the season they are they're the they're quite the opposite. And they will be getting Hopkins back, so they'll have they'll have some reinforcements and I really like Marquise Brown next year. But mm-hmm. I still the Cardinals they'll collapse at this point. And I hope they don't. I mean, I'm not rooting for teams just to suck, but still. Um Next, next one is the Panthers. So again, a team that I just don't see them losing to this season. And maybe they pull off an upset, but I'm not going to predict it. Yeah, no, I have the Buccaneers here. Yeah, I do too. All right, next game. Uh, this is this is a slam dunk. Falcons. Another win. Oh yeah. Another win. Uh, like the way I've seen it the past couple of years, looking watching this, uh, and I'll I'll come back to the screen here. Um, the way I've seen it, watching the Falcons play against the Buccaneers for me as a, a guy, a Tom Brady guy watching him play. It's always been an opportunity for him to watch him rack up his stats, really pad his stats. Like that's really been it. I've, I've never actually been in doubt that they would, that they would lose the game at that point. And I'm pretty sure all of them were blowouts. I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I think you're right. you're right. Just about all of them. Uh, so, all right. Um, yeah. So we're short on time on, on this segment. Um, anything else we want to add on real quick, quickly though, before we go on to uh, Derek's guest segment? Nope. No, I don't think so. All right, cool. So next we have Derek. Uh, we have Derek's guest segment and he's going to touch on the Boston Red Sox and their current state uh, where they're in right now going into the all-star break. We'll get, we'll touch on that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, special guest Derek Hool, and we have reached our guest segment. Guys, DM if you want to be on our show. We will reach out as well as we're trying to get, get trying to get guests. We want to hear from our listeners, so guys, feel free to reach out to us. But without further ado, we have Derek Hool's guest segment on the Red Sox. So Derek, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, Sox been playing some some decent baseball over the weekend. They had a huge series split. They were down uh, two games in the series, but won both on Saturday and Sunday to kind of take a split and what felt like a lot of momentum coming out of the weekend. Um, they've dropped a couple to the Rays here. We'll see how they finish out that series before going back to playing the Yankees. Um, but I kind of want to touch on some some concern I heard from from John Henry this week. Um, Alex Spear of the Boston Globe got a sit down with with John Henry. Um, 
and I think there were some troublesome comments in my opinion. Uh, when I, you know Alex Spear asked what they thought they to expect in the next month, weeks, and month leading up to the trade deadline, um, and, and Henry kind of point blank said, "Well, we're going to be we're still a rebuilding team from top to bottom," um, and that's kind of my fear with the whole thing. We just saw two years ago they traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Um, in the next couple of years, they're going to have to make a decision on Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, who are some really other great homegrown talent. Um, you'd hate to see that what happened to Betts have to happen to them. Um, but the way the, the approach that Henry is taking is kind of concerning to me because, you know, to, to be in the middle of the playoff hunt, probably secure with the playoff spot and a chance to kind of, you know, you probably can't catch the Yankees, but you can really get to the top of that wild card and give yourself a, a fighting shot. Now I'm not saying this team is a, a surefire world series contender, but this team, you know, is, is in competition. And uh, this is the t- kind of team that you should be trying to add sell from the farm a little bit, bring in some reinforcements. You know, you need an arm out of the bullpen. You need a first baseman because Bobby Dahlbeck hasn't really gotten it done this year. Like you could have hoped. Um, but just the, the phraseologies of, you know, we're still rebuilding is concerning because it makes me feel like they're not all in on this team um, and that they're going to be continually trying to just undercut and and save a buck here um, when you have some real generational talents in your team that, that you, you know, you could, you're risk, at risk of losing. Adam, I think you're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Sorry. So – it looks like this is t- ever since they hired Heim Bloom. So they fired Dave Dombrowski and the, the really the narrative was let's win now. Let's use our assets. Let's try to go all in every year. Now it's kind of, it's kind of taken a different approach in, in years past uh, in these recent years with Heim Bloom, where you're kind of looking at it in it through an analytical standpoint. And it's like all projections, like in 2019, or excuse me, in, in let's say 2021, we project to have 88 wins and we're going to lose in the wild card round. And because of that, let's not invest anything in this team and we're just going to let everything play out and we will project to win the World Series in 2023. That's why. Like if you have like if you have a team that can potentially win it all, invest in that. You don't have to go all the way in like Dave Dombrowski, but you can still you can still have a happy medium. I mean They've been competitive, like looking at it since 2016, they've only had one losing season. So they've been competitive during, during the past almost decade. So, and then you look at it and you say, you're, you're rebuilding. No, you're not. You're in the thick of it. Especially since you had that tough start, you have a good, like, look at where's the weakness here. You have a good, you have a good starting lineup. You have a good, you have a good rotation that's hurt, which is part of the reason why they're slumping, but they have a good rotation when it's healthy. And their bullpen is starting to figure things out. They have some pieces there. All they need is to add that one, like maybe one or two piece, pieces of, you know, let's say they put something in the bullpen, they add, they address the first base position, they address the outfield. They haven't done any of that. They're, and they're not looking to. And that is a problem for me because you're looking at it through an analytical standpoint. But if, if it were all about analytics – what do you think the, the 2019 Nationals were thinking when they were one of the worst teams in baseball halfway through the season, and then they had one of the biggest turnarounds in MLB history, and they won the World Series? If, if, like, I want to I see what would – I really wish there was some way you could find out what would happen if Bloom was the general manager of that team. 
I really do. Because, like, if you if that were the if this were the case, like, it's it's just tough for me because like the these these Red Sox teams have potential. Last year they had more they had potential to do more than what they did last year, and they didn't. And it, it might be the same thing here. And it sucks because this team actually looks like it can do something, and they they might not. But that's that's kind of my basic take here. Yeah. Yeah, I just well, I won't lie. I'm not the most baseball literate person on earth, but I do want to say one thing. I yep. was not happy when they traded Mookie Betts. I was not happy when they traded Ben Attendee. So for God's sake, do not trade Devers and do not trade Bogarts. You guys literally said this team has a chance to do something. So why are you rebuilding? That worries me. Maybe instead of throwing all that money at Trevor's story, you could have gotten a competent first baseman or, God forbid, a healthy pitcher. So just, uh, I, I mean, like you guys, I'm a little worried that they're just going to completely just up, you know, just what's it called, overhaul the roster, which is something that I, like I said, not most baseball literate guy, but a roster overhaul is something I disagree with strongly, especially since, like Adam said, you're only a piece or two away. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I'm just worried about the bigger picture, right? You know, I don't want John Henry bringing in Heim Bloom, who's done a pretty good job of rebuilding the farm. The farm system has done a real 180 from where Dombrowski left it. But I don't want to become the Boston Rays, where you you try and have the cheapest payroll in baseball while still competing. You know, they're trying to you you can't cut corners, and yeah, you know, if you look at Henry's other investments, the 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 football clubs, they're really spending heavy on some some football players right now and you're hoping that he's not trying to save a buck for your team to to promote his other ventures um but but time will tell i think they have they're you know they're trending in the right direction like i said the farm system's promising there's still some really talented players on the roster but i just hope it isn't a sign of things to come uh where we kind of go from being one of the biggest markets to, to trying to be a mid-market team i just it's not what the fans deserve yeah and adding on to that I'm also worried like, so you're like, and if they really are taking an analytical approach to sort of look at, they, they circle this one season where they say, this is the year we're winning it all. Like based on the projections, what if they're wrong? And then like you, you really sacrificed all these seasons where you were, you were actually contenders when you swore that you weren't, you sacrificed those seasons for that one year and you lose in the divisional round. Yeah. Or you lose in the ALCS or somewhere in somewhere along those lines, and then you have to tear the team apart and say, "Oh, well, Heim Bloom's going to say, oh, now it's going to be 2030 when we're going to win our championship, and we're going to start sacrificing right here." Like, right. screw you, man! Like, ugh. this is, I, I've never been an analytics guy. I love the movie Moneyball; it was a great movie. But please, guys, can we stop? modeling our teams after it because they did lose in the in the divisional round that year and the year before and there's a reason for it and there's a reason why the Oakland A's have not won a championship another thing to add on to that is the other team the Oakland A's or no 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 the the Tampa Bay Rays that you mentioned that that you want you're you're afraid they're becoming the Boston Rays which I'm with you there but the the Tampa Bay Rays since 2008 when they won that they made the World Series that one year Guess where they rank in wins among all of baseball? Fourth. It wasn't high. Yeah. Fourth. It wasn't number one. It wasn't two. Fourth. 
They're fourth in all of out of 30 teams. They're fourth in wins. How many championships have they won in that time? Not an expert, but probably They've won Jack squat. So you're, you're one of the teams. You're one of these teams who is among the league leaders and wins, which is great. I like, I love summers where I can invest in a good baseball team, but if you're not doing anything in October, then what's the point? And then we have to tear the whole thing down and rebuild again. Like what, what are we doing here? This is not, this is championship city, not the city of let's be competitive. And everybody looks at that team and say, Ooh, that was a good team that year. Too bad. They didn't win at all. And then the, yeah. while the, meanwhile, the other team that did win the championship, Oh, hopefully it's not the Yankees. Then they're going to be celebrating a championship. We're going to be sitting there twiddling our thumbs thinking, oh, I hope, I hope Heim Bloom is right. It's, it's a problem for me. If you have resources, use them. Don't play with these analytics. But that's all I have to say about that. If you have anything else to add, Derek. No, I don't. That covers it. Just the, the worry for the state of the Red Sox. But I appreciate uh, taking the time to talk about them. Yeah, definitely. Man, Derek, thanks for coming on to the show. Loved having you on. We've been trying to get you on for a little while. But glad yeah. we were able to finally get you on before this summer starts and things get crazy. But love to get your your analysis on this divi- on this uh, on this South Division. Uh, it was definitely it's an intriguing one to to review because there's teams that you look at at first and you're like, no, nah, they're not making the playoffs. We're like, wait a second, this Panthers team. Wait, this San- this Saints team isn't bad, and yeah. the Buccaneers are still a pretty damn good team. So and wait, yeah. this Falcons team is god awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a team where we look twice and you say, nope, nope, they they still suck. All yeah. right. Uh, well, I'm gonna have we're gonna have to end the show here. Anything else you have to say? No, just thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciated it. Um, I hope to be back sometime soon. Maybe this one after a week of this season, we get a week reaction to a slate of games. We'll see. Absolutely, that'd be fun. We'll try to Great. do something like that. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays at seven thirty on. T- uh, excuse me, Tuesdays and Thursdays on. Uh, at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcasts and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.